This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now! Oh, hello! How are you? Um, good. How are you? Good. Tell me about yesterday. Before we get into the social media and the trans people and things like that, there's a lot on the go today. A lot to discuss. <laughs> Tell me about your speech yesterday and how it was received. Um, you know what? It went it went really well. I was I was nervous. I told you guys that. I was I admitted it as well to a lot of the people I spoke with. The cool part was I did get a chance to like mingle a bit before I had to go on and speak. This, by the way, for those who don't know, I was asked to be a keynote speaker. It was a salute to women in, in business, uh, a luncheon for a great cause for the Cambridge Memorial Hospital breast reconstruction uh, unit. And there's a silent auction and a lunch and a couple of people speaking. And again, I was asked to be the keynote speaker. And I told them the truth right there on stage when I started. I said, I don't usually I don't usually do um, stuff like this, but that was a cause near and dear to my heart and in the town that I grew up in as well. So a couple of reasons why I decided to do it too. And I'm glad I did, man. It was so strange though, going back to Cambridge, first and foremost, the first thing I realized was you're going to bump into people you know, Kat, and a lot of them. Not only did I bump into like everyone from like one of my hairdressers for many years in oh. Cambridge, she was there. And, and did you Christy- formally break up with that or did you just go oh, and go to she, someone else? She actually um, moved on. She's not a, a hairdresser anymore anyway. Okay, so it wasn't awkward. It wasn't awkward. And also when I moved out of Cambridge as well, like we had, everything was cool. It's fine. Um, she's awesome. Uh, someone I went to elementary school with, Mallory, uh, went. She's a realtor now, doing very well. I bumped into people we worked with, colleagues that we worked with from the food bank, a couple of people from the food banks of both Kitchener and Cambridge, which is great. Uh, And my my old co-op boss was there. You know what the craziest thing is? I mentioned her by name in my speech and I didn't even know she was in the room, which is insane. No kidding. But yeah, it went well. I mean, I just talked about my career. That was the point, Um, how I got to where I am and some fun stories in between and starting off my home studio in a first room and it being like... You know, again, going from from then to where I am now, and are obviously um, broadcasting us at Z1035, previous to our home at Chorus Entertainment now, and uh, my journey, basically. So it was, uh, it, it was nice, and I think it was well-received, and uh, a lot of people said hello, and one of my favorite parts is they made more money at auction than they ever have before. Fantastic. For the unit. So I'm very, very, very happy to see that. It was great. And also they sat me at a table, by the way, with all the chair members. We were very, very nice. And Karen Redman, I was sitting right across from Karen, so I had a good conversation about radio with her. The regional chair. Yes, the regional chair who has some radio experience just in terms of being on talk shows and stuff. So we had some some good conversations. It was nice. Very good. Okay. Well, let's jump into it because I'm sure in your speech yesterday, it probably came up that you are basically the voice of TikTok. Oh, yeah. They wouldn't let me go with without saying that. <laughs> Did they make you do the voice and everything? Uh, nobody made me do anything, but they actually requested it. When I talked to them to begin with, like, what would you like to hear? Because uh, there's people who bought tickets just to see me talk, which I thought was, I'm like, are you serious? Are you sure you don't want to get a refund? What are you doing? Uh, but I said, what do you want to hear about? Number one thing they wanted to hear about. TikTok? Yep. yep. <laughs> so I believe yes, it. of course I included it. The CEOs of Meta, TikTok, X, and other social media companies are testifying this week before a U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee about child safety on their platforms. Lawmakers say they're growing increasingly concerned about the effects of social media 
on young people's lives. Child health advocates say social media companies have failed repeatedly to protect minors. Meta is being sued by dozens of states that say it deliberately designs features on Instagram and Facebook to addict children to its platforms and has failed to protect them from online predators. Let's play a little bit of yesterday, Capitol Hill. This is Mark Zuckerberg being questioned by Senator Hawley. Last seven days. Now, I know you're familiar with these stats because he sent you an email where he lined it all out. I mean, we've got a copy of it. This is the amount right of women, here. by the way, who've received, un- young women who've received is, unsolicited who messages. For this? Who got fired because of that? Senator, we study all of this because it's important and we want to improve our services. Well, you just told and me a second ago that you studied it, but that there was no linkage. Who Senator, did you fire? You, yeah, I said you mischaracterized 37% of teenage girls between 13 and 15 were exposed to unwanted nudity in a week on Instagram. You knew about it. Who did you fire? Senator, this is why we're building all Who these did you fire? Tools. Senator, that's, I don't think that that's... Who did you fire? Uh, I'm, I'm ah. not going to answer that. Because um, <laughs> I mean, you didn't is, fire anybody. Right, you didn't take Senator, any significant I, I don't think action. It's appropriate to talk about, it, it, like, it's not appropriate decisions. Do you know who's sitting like behind you? You've got families from across the nation whose children are either severely harmed or gone, and you don't think it's appropriate to take a, talk about steps that you took? The fact that you didn't fire a single person. To, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Have you compensated any of the victims? Sorry. Have you compensated any of the victims? These I, girls. I, have you compensated them? Don't believe so. You, why not? Don't you think they deserve some compensation for what your platform has done? Help Senator, with counseling services. Help with dealing with the issues that your your services caused. Our, our job is to make sure that we build tools to help keep people safe. Are you going to compensate platform. them, Senator? Our job and what we take seriously is making sure that we build industry-leading tools to find harmful to content, make money, take it off the services, uh, to make money, and to build tools that. Okay, I'm going to pause it there because... (laughs) Right? It was interesting to watch. It it was. And, you know, one of the things that came out of all of that yesterday for me is how little understanding the U.S. government has of how social media works and and the realities on the ground that teenagers deal with that these senators can't even imagine. So what was the stat? 37% of girls on Instagram within the last week have received an unsol... or have seen an unsolicited piece of nudity online. That was the stat, I think, right? Mm-hmm. I get that the senators want to pin this on Facebook. I get that the government wants to pin this on Meta, Facebook and Instagram. They want to pin it on Meta. They want Meta to pay. There's lawsuits in just about every state against Meta because they want Facebook, this big tech giant, to pay. And I do agree that these Social media companies do have somewhat of a responsibility to protect people online. But so do parents. And I don't think it's fair to pin all of this on Meta or on TikTok or on any of those social platforms. Because at the end of the day, Mark Zuckerberg is not sitting in your kid's bedroom when they're talking about exchanging uh, nude pics. And, And you know what? Just because someone received a pic that they didn't ask for doesn't mean, well, no, I'm not going to say that. It does happen. It's not always a nefarious thing. It does happen. In a lot of cases, it is consensual as well. Sure. Yeah. I think that they're specifically talking about it being not consensual, it being unsolicited, which means I didn't ask for it. It just happened. And it does happen, by the way, to adults. 
It does happen. People try to send disgusting shit, and I've had it happen to me. So it's not like we can ignore the fact that it happens. But what do you do about it is the question, and that's what this was all about, is what do you do? In terms of compensation, I understand where he's coming from when some of those some of those parents, I mean, there's a mix of stories here, everything from um, just kids who went through uh, thrown through a bunch of different things to again he mentioned some being gone and I can't speak to the specifics of that but do you think at the minimum he should be able to offer something in terms of helping the family cope not just throwing money at them I don't think that's a thing but helping them cope in one way or another um I mean he created a platform and the platform is beloved around the world. People use this platform because it's functional and because it does something that many other platforms do not. Whether it's Instagram or Facebook, you could say that. Did they do enough to protect people? I don't know. I, I really don't know what more they can do. If, if everybody wants to get to a world where the only way to get a social media account is to verify yourself with government ID, and if you're not of age, then you can't have a, a space on that platform... We can go down that road, but I think a lot of people don't want to send their ID out to Facebook or to Instagram or TikTok or X or anything else. So there's that. They've got filtered messages. I would think that we've got enough technology that the system could tell. And it does work, by the way. The filters do work. Like You get junk and garbage. It goes into those folders. It should, at least, but I think it mostly does. It, it, to me, it's probably like a spam filter. I get a lot of spam that manages to evade the filter and still end up in my inbox. And you know what? Once that happens, I just report it and I never get spam from that email person again. If we know somebody is out there sending unsolicited naked pictures, charge them. Charge them. Send the cops. Hey, I got this picture from this asshole. Go get him. And that person should be banned permanently from all social media platforms if they're going around doing shit like that. But I, I don't know what more... Meta or any of the other companies can do to to stop people from seeing naked pictures. The internet was basically built on it. I mean, that's where things got famous. I don't understand why X was even in this conversation, by the way, because you could just run street pornography on there. Oh, yeah. Why are they even in this conversation? Like, we, everybody should know, at least I hope everybody knows, not to allow your young children on there. There's porn everywhere, all over the place. So I'm not even know why, I don't even understand why they were in that conversation. Like, to me, they're in like a separate realm altogether snapchat i mean that's an interesting one but out of all of them it did interest me money wise I, I assume this is the reason why why they really really gave it to mark zuckerberg as compared to even uh mr chu over at tiktok there it, he, he got it he got a mouthful of shit from them and some of the shit they were asking and stuff Ugh. it's like the last hearing that they did just like made your eyes roll so far into the back of your head your head was pounding but some of the uh some of the answers i thought he had were fine what? And he did also, by the way, mention uh, that the parents play a big role in it and make sure that we're aware of this. Well, we all should be. That's the thing, right? I mean, if parents are just operating on this blind assumption that their kid's an angel and the, the platforms are doing everything they can to protect them, then maybe you don't realize what's going on in your kids' lives. But I, I think probably the most important advice I could give any parent right now is have a chat with your kid about sending out the nudes. And if you think, oh, my kid would never do that. Have maybe, maybe not. You yeah. should absolutely have yeah. a conversation with them about it because nobody underage should be exchanging nude pictures online. I'd advise any adult not to do it either, but at the absolute yeah. least, talk to your kids about it because way too many people are getting into real shitty situations because they thought they were sending it to someone they could trust.
and they couldn't. Have a conversation. Have a conversation with your kids. You're absolutely right. Whether they they could potentially be on the receiving end or the or, or the giving end of it, and you don't know unless you have that open dialogue, and that's obviously so important. Did you see that he did apologize? Uh, you know, what? I was going to play a little bit oh, more of this. Good. Is that okay? Let's let's do it. If you, especially if you have that apology, it was interesting. That empower parents. So you didn't take any action. You didn't take any action. You didn't fire anybody. You haven't compensated a single victim. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. There's families of victims here today. Have you apologized to the victims? Would you like to do so now? Well, they're here. You're on national television. Would you like now to apologize to the victims who have been harmed by your product? Show them the pictures. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? And this is why we invested so much and are going to continue doing industry leading efforts to, uh, to make sure that no one has to go through the types of things that your families have had to suffer. Again, I just don't know what more Facebook can do. I don't know what more Snapchat can do, short of actually verifying every single person. And if you can't produce a piece of government ID that says you're 18 years old or whatever threshold they set, then mm-hmm. no, you're just not allowed to have a platform. I don't know if that's really going to help or make the situation worse. Like, what more can Facebook do to protect these people? I- yeah. Yeah, I, I know. It's a it's an interesting conversation. I don't even... I, I, I don't know if anyone has the right answer. I guess it's the best way that I can come up with it. It's the perfect answer that makes sense for them as a business and makes sense uh, for us as consumers and especially young people. But I think bottom line is I think this is a good reason for you to talk to your kids. Talk to your kids. Please. Yep. If we leave you with anything, let's leave you with that. Uh, let's go to, uh, one of my favorite topics, Premier Doug Ford. He was all fired up yesterday, Kat, because the, the feds injected $121 million to the gun and gang task force or to prevent gun and gang violence. And apparently this is going to have an effect on the number of cars that are being stolen. Would you like to hear fired up Doug? Oh, I love fired up Doug. It's one of my favorites too. Here we go. Yes, we're, we're seeing crime right across uh, the GTA, no matter if it's York Region here or Durham or Halton or, or uh, Toronto itself. And uh, we're all coming together at all three levels of government, government, no matter if it's the region, the province or the federal government. I have a message to all the criminals. We're coming after you. We're going to catch you and you're going to jail. Simple as that. We're going to keep you in jail as long as we possibly can. I will not spare one resource to make sure we go after these thugs and make make sure that they're going to jail. But it takes a multiple approach from all levels. And I think I mentioned everyone in there, including, and I have a great uh, bunch of respect for our courts, but we can't have JPs letting these uh, you know criminals out. Uh, on bail once, twice, three times, four times. They're kicking in people's doors with guns. I've seen videos. It's unacceptable. We're going after them, and we're going to do everything we can to hold them accountable. Mm. Thank you. All right. Good, good. Right thing to say, but right beside him was Dominic LeBlanc and, and the representative of the federal government. And what I don't understand is, at what point does the federal government say, you know what, Doug, it doesn't matter? You know what? Regional governments, it doesn't matter. Whatever you guys do, no matter how much money you give the cops, it doesn't matter. Because until we reform the bail system and the jail system, none of this matters. That's the biggest deterrent. And the other one, too, is let's be honest. We know where this crime's coming from. The vast majority of it is coming from kids, teenagers. They get recruited because the Youth Criminal Justice Act protects them. 
You know, I mm-hmm. could go and find a teenager probably at the bus stop over there and tell him, hey, if you go and steal that car, I'm going to give you $5,000 to steal that car. That's it. And if you get caught, you won't even spend a night in jail. You won't have a criminal record. There's no incentive for these kids to not. And that's part of the reason that so many of the pharmacy robberies we've seen and car thefts that we've seen and all the other crimes are happening with young people because they can operate with impunity legally and nobody's doing anything about it. Does that mean, Do and do you think, that we don't give these kids enough credit for understanding that's how the system works. Well, I think that in some cases they're preyed upon. The the yeah. the true criminals By those here, who are of, of age. The masterminds yeah. who are behind it, they know that if they get caught jacking a car or robbing a pharmacy, they're going to go to jail. Maybe they'll get bail. Maybe mm-hmm. they won't. It depends on their previous record. But they can go to kids who want money and flash 5Gs, 10Gs in front of them for very little work, and they know that even if they get caught, nothing shitty is going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. They won't even have a criminal record. So that's why all this is happening. Nobody will tackle the Youth Criminal Justice Act, and that's squarely on the federal government. They've got to do something about that because it's a big problem. I still agree that if a kid steals a chocolate bar and and gets charged with shoplifting, they shouldn't have a criminal record for life because they made one poor choice as a kid. But I think we can all agree there's a huge difference between stealing a chocolate bar and stealing a car or being in a violent home invasion. Right. I I totally agree with you. So good job, Doug. I just think you're wasting your time. Nothing is really going to change here until the bail changes. He's right about the JPs. I applied to be a JP. And? They haven't hired me yet. But if you want to get some shit done, give me a call. There you go. Give me a call. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Okay, now let's go to what I think is a topic that is finally going to get the conversation that it deserves. For a while now, there's been a lot of fighting in this country about trans and trans rights. And nobody's really sure what to do here. Nearest I can tell. Nobody's really sure what to do. We've got uh, those who want to allow kids to use different pronouns and their parents not be informed. We've got kids who apparently want to transition, and that process can be done without their parents' knowledge. There's a whole bunch of different issues at stake here, and it seems like nobody really wants to take up any leadership position on this. Yesterday, the Premier of Alberta put out a video outlining Alberta's new strategy. This is seven minutes long, and I'm not going to play the whole thing. I'm going to play a couple of snippets for you because I really, really like the way Danielle Smith approached this. She came at it with a very compassionate but common sense approach here. 
So listen to a little bit of this, and we'll press pause a few times throughout and discuss what was just said. And sexual development and change, they're constantly learning about themselves, trying new things, dealing with biological changes, and trying to understand a wide range of new thoughts and feelings. It's a very complicated time. In my view, one of the greatest responsibilities we as parents, teachers, and community leaders have is to preserve for our children the right to grow and develop into mature adults so that they are better prepared to make the most impactful decisions affecting their lives. Decisions like choosing a career, a partner, raising children, their interaction with legal drugs like alcohol and cannabis, their sexual activities and preferences, and many other adult choices. It is my view that list of adult choices includes deciding whether or not to alter one's biological sex. Making permanent and irreversible decisions regarding one's biological sex while still a youth can severely limit that child's choices in the future. Prematurely encouraging or enabling children to alter their very biology or natural growth, no matter how well-intentioned and sincere, poses a risk to that child's future that I, as Premier, am not comfortable with permitting in our province. Similarly, the risks and unfair advantages that young women and girls are experiencing when competing with biologically stronger transgender females in sporting competitions have also grown too high. After much discussion, the Government Caucus and I have therefore decided to implement the following policies and guidelines as it relates to transgender minors and athletes, including additional supports to assist transgender adults to secure the health care they need and the counseling support for youth identifying as transgender to ensure they can successfully work their way through their complex feelings and emotions as they grow to adulthood. First, on the issue of gender reassignment treatments for minors. For minors age 17 and under, top and bottom gender reassignment surgeries will not be permitted. For children age 15 and under, puberty blockers and hormone therapies for the purpose of gender reassignment or affirmation will also not be permitted with the exception of those who've already commenced their treatment at this time. That seems like a really fair compromise to me. Reasonable. It sounds reasonable. I like that she's coming at this with, um, it sounds to me like a compassionate, authentic, genuine approach. She seems very conflicted by this, and she's a parent as well. And, you know, I, I appreciate how much time and thought went into creating this policy. As it goes on, you're gonna hear more of what they're doing in Alberta. But if you missed the first one, uh, if you are under 15, there is no puberty blockers. There is no hormone treatment or anything like that when it's for the purpose of transitioning. Now, once you get a little bit older, you'll be allowed to make that decision. And it's not even like they're making you wait till you're 19, 20, or 21. 17, you start to get a lot more autonomy. But until then, back to her original point, you can't do it that young because there's still too many adult considerations that need to be taken into account that maybe you're not mature enough to do mm-hmm. at 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Let's hear a little bit more. Minors age 16 and 17 will be permitted to commence hormone therapies for gender reassignment and affirmation purposes so long as they are deemed mature enough to make these decisions and have parental physician and psychologist approval. For transgender adults, our government is currently working to attract one or more medical professionals to practice in Alberta who specialize in transgender surgery to ensure those individuals transitioning have access to an expert in Alberta to assist them with their extremely unique and complex medical needs, rather than going to Quebec, which is now the practice. They're going to bring in a doctor who's an expert in this. They're not saying no. 
I don't want to be too defensive here, but I've already read some of the hateful comments and some of the nasty things that that people are saying about her, calling her anti-trans, anti-LGBTQ. And frankly, I don't get that vibe from watching this video. And, and for you listening, mm-hmm. I don't know that you do either. It seems like a very thoughtful and compassionate approach. The fact that they're trying to attract a doctor who specializes in gender reassignment surgery, bring them to Alberta so people in Alberta who are adults can have that procedure done if they make that decision once they become an adult. Yeah, I'm curious how that evaluation point she made goes. Yeah, so you know? if you're a teenager wanting yeah. to do this to get on the hormone therapy and the, the puberty blockers, that sort of stuff, then you would have to consult with parents, your doctor, and a psychologist. And if all of them agree... All three have to approve. This is all thought out. We're on yeah. board. We agree. We believe that they're mature enough to make this decision. Then, yeah, nothing is standing in your way. You can go ahead and do that. A little bit more. We will also be building a private registry of medical professionals who specialize in this field to better support the lifelong health care needs of transgender Albertans, including access to needed hormones and surgery aftercare. When it comes to classroom instruction on subject matter involving gender identity, sexual orientation, or human sexuality, we will be requiring parental notification and an opt-in requirement for each instance a teacher intends to give formal instruction on these subjects. Furthermore, for those who don't understand what that means, right now, most schools have an opt-out clause. It was kind of a cowardly way to do it. Parents, okay, we're going to be teaching uh, uh, LGBTQ uh, type themes in sex education or whatever it is. And if you don't want to participate, you can opt out. And you do have to formally opt out with the school or with the teacher. Now it's being changed to if you want your child to receive that content, you as the parent need to opt in. Interesting. And, and they're not going to do that as part of the regular classroom Yeah, I mean, thing. It, it would just be a lesson and the teacher would warn in advance, okay, tomorrow we're going to be talking about uh, transgender issues. Okay, fine. If you want to participate, you need to bring the opt-in, meaning maybe they can do it online. Maybe you need a note from your parents. I don't know how they're going to do it. And everybody else just leaves. Right. Is that how that works, basically? Everyone else is just going to leave, and then that teacher potentially just teaches two children this. Potentially. Just just trying to figure that out. Yeah, it's opt-in so that parents truly have a choice as opposed to an opt-out. Right. All third-party resource materials or presentations related to gender identity, sexual orientation, or human sexuality in our K-12 through school system will need to be pre-approved by the Ministry of Education to ensure the materials are age-appropriate. For a minor, age 15 and under, the government will require parental notification and consent for a school to alter the name or pronouns of a child. For 16 and 17-year-olds who choose to alter their name or pronouns, parents do not need to give consent, but they must be notified. Is that a fair compromise? I, I think so. I mean, all of this sound, it sounds fair to me. 15 and under. If you want to change your pronouns, you need your parents' consent. If you want to change your name because you uh, are, are trans, then you need parental consent. However, once you turn 16, the choice is yours to change your pronouns. However, your parents will be notified. They don't have to agree, but they're at least going to know. Again, I thought that was yeah. a very fair way I, to do I, I mean, it. I think so too. And I know some people will still hate it though. Like, you know, some people will still have a problem with it. That's going to happen where people say, what about the people who've lived in, in households where they're in danger and all these things are going to come up? Actually, she does get to that. You'll yeah. hear it in just a sec. We know that nearly all parents, even those who may disagree with the decision of their children, will love and care for their children no matter what choices they make. 
However, in the handful of rare situations where one or both of the parents reject or become abusive to a child who identifies as transgender, we have child protection laws that will be strictly enforced. The government is also designing a pilot project to provide appropriate counseling services to support parents and youth identifying as transgender to work through the unique challenges that these families face. We encourage all teachers, parents, classmates, and youth volunteers to be on the watch for any instances of bullying of youth or children for any reason so adults can assist with putting a stop to it the moment it is detected. Our government also needs to deal with the emerging issue of the unfair disadvantages that young women and girls are experiencing when competing with biologically stronger transgender female athletes in sporting competitions. I strongly believe that- Just so I'm clear, transgender female is biological male, right? If you're a biological male transitioning to a woman, you're a trans female. Is that correct? I believe that's what it is, yeah. Okay, so I, I just I just want to understand because now she's going to explain the changes that are going to happen in sports. Those who were born male but have transitioned to or identify as female are owed the opportunity to meaningfully participate in sport. However, there are obvious biological realities that give transgender female athletes a massive competitive advantage over women and girls. It is not beneficial for those women, including those who are transgender, for this divisive and sometimes dangerous situation to continue. That is why the Alberta government will work with sporting organizations active in our province to ensure that women and girls have the choice to compete in a women's only division in athletic competitions and are not forced to compete against biologically stronger transgender female athletes. We will also work with those same sporting organizations to ensure transgender athletes are able to meaningfully participate in the sport of their choice through the expansion of co-ed or other gender neutral divisions for athletic competitions. I understand how controversial and divisive discussions on topics of sexuality and gender can be, especially when those conversations involve children. I would therefore ask that as we work through implementing these policies, that we as adults in this province do all we can to depoliticize the discussion and focus on the well-being of the children involved, whether they are young people identifying as transgender or who find themselves attracted to those of the same sex or simply trying to understand the complex and often changing emotions and feelings of being teenagers. They all need our unconditional love and support. And it's to those children and teens that I want to say just how much we love you and support you in becoming the person you want to be. You never have to feel alone or isolated. If you do, reach out to your parents, family members, teachers, a coach, or other trusted adults and ask for support. We, as the adults in your life, will be there for you to make sure you know just how amazing and precious you are. Thank you for listening. I, didn't I tell you that was a really well done yeah, video? I, th- I, yeah. I mean, for me, it was for me, it was very reasonable uh, and well done. I to- totally agree with you. I think that uh, the sport thing in particular is going to be a difficult one to implement. And I'm thinking about our situation here in Ontario. This is something that they're going to coordinate with the sports organizations. So for me, I, uh, I run a number of different sports leagues, mainly lacrosse and, and some football. But, um, you know... The fact that women will always have now in Alberta the choice to compete in a women's only division. Unfortunately, not all sports have a women's division because there's just not enough interest in it. Similarly, the suggestion is for trans females, which would be biological males, they would be a co-ed option so that they can still compete with and against women, but also biologically against males. 
And okay. I wonder how many people would opt in into which one. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, I mean, that I think is going to be a sport by sport thing. And, yeah. and unfortunately, there's still going to be people who are left disappointed. If you have transitioned to a woman, and but you are a biological male right now, it's kind of the Wild West. There's no real rules in most of the world to define how that should work. So you may be able to compete against biological women and with biological mm-hmm. women. And and what Alberta there is saying is you do have a genetic advantage there or a yeah. biological advantage. Yes. So you need to compete against biological males or in a co-ed situation. But as great as that is for, say, soccer, maybe hockey, I think there's enough interest amongst females in hockey that maybe they could scrape together a co-ed league. I don't know that certain sports or all sports are going to be able to offer that just because there's not enough interest in it. I don't know a single guy that plays field hockey yet. It's being played at every high school. And, and I I don't know that they would be able to create a co-ed league. I I don't know if there's enough women interested in playing football to be able to facilitate a co-ed league. I'm also not sure if it's safe to play some of these sports co-ed, especially the high contact ones. So I, I think they're going to have some implementation issues there. I'm sure there's going to be some people who are upset. Uh, certainly some people will be displaced, but thank God that there's a little bit of leadership on this. At least now we have the government saying, here's our position on this. Let's not make it political because right now it is. And and let's just go through and try and figure out the best way around this. And it seems like that was a common sense set of rules and good job to Danielle Smith. That is on her Twitter if you want to see it. Now, Danielle Smith, if I'm not mistaken, also the premier that's bringing back plastic straws. Mm. Did she run on that? Isn't she? She ran on that too, didn't she? Well, she's a conservative first and foremost. She's very much like a progressive conservative, I think. But yeah, that's one of the things she's doing. She's actually, and this is a neat strategy. She has challenged local governments who created bylaws so that you don't, you can't use a plastic straw. You got to use a paper straw, that sort of nonsense. She has challenged them to get rid of the bylaws. And she came out and said, there's no evidence that this works. Uh, Whoever it was that told that fallacy that there are billions and billions of disposable straws filling up the ocean and and shit, that's just a a fantasy. That was never true. That was just part of the hyperbole to try and get people behind banning plastic straws. The thing is, all of us can see the hypocrisy in it. Do you remember? Yes. Yes, we do. Do you remember when it was taboo? to get a paper bag at the grocery store. Oh, how dare you? You're killing our forests and the trees and shit. Yes. Use a plastic bag. That's the better way. That used to be the better way, the yeah. plastic. And now they're trying to tell us that all that shit is toxic and no, we can't use it. It's kind of crazy to me that you can drink uh, out of a paper straw because apparently you're saving the world when you do that, <laughs> yet it comes in a plastic cup. Yes. With a plastic lid. Yes. People see that it's, kind of hypocrisy. And the packaging, never mind. You go and buy, so you try to buy some reusable straws and it comes with plastic packaging. What are we doing? This environment. Stores are filled with packaged pla- uh, everywhere. It's everywhere, right? E- we e- know this. Everywhere. And to target the narrow targets that they targeted is just, it's frustrating. And people see that this is ridiculous. I mean, you can see it in your life. You can go to any store and see examples of it. We all get that it's just part of this environmental lunacy right now and and she's challenging these local governments that created bylaws against plastic straws and things like that drop that bylaw or ask your citizens what they think and really what this is going to do is help expose to the regular person who probably has no idea where the political ideology is of their local leaders 
This is where you find out, okay, that leader who never even campaigned on banning straws but is now banned straws Mm -hmm. is actually a left-wing nut or a right-wing nut. You'll find out these things when that debate starts happening again. So I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. I personally see no issue at all with the way we were doing things with plastic straws. Uh, the paper ones, how many more studies? Good. Well, how many more studies do we need to say that it actually contains microplastics or toxins that we really shouldn't be ingesting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very crazy. Um, one more thing. I think it'll be just one more thing that I want to get to. The federal minister in charge of promoting competition in Canada, Francois-Philippe Champagne. I just like saying the name. Me too. So good, right? What a beauty. eh? If your last name is Champagne. Champagne. (laughs) Fucking right. I'd say it like that too every time. Good for you, Francois. (laughs) He says he is concerned about a new deal between Loblaw and Manulife Financial that restricts patients from filling their prescriptions for specialty drugs at any pharmacy under their benefits plan other than Loblaw pharmacies. Uh-oh. This is a deal that Manulife made with Loblaw, owner of Shoppers, that if you get certain prescriptions, you can only fill those at Loblaw. The arrangement applies... That shouldn't be allowed. It shouldn't be. That applies to around 260 medications meant to treat complex, chronic, or life-threatening conditions. Industry Minister Francois-Philippe Champagne says Manulife and Loblaw don't get the message that Canadians want more competition and consumer choice. Even the NDP are calling on the Competition Bureau to launch an investigation into this deal. Man, that's bad news for small pharmacies, and it's bad news for all of us. If Imagine that. It is bad news for us. You get benefits through your company. That's great, but you can only get your prescriptions at shoppers. That's, I get feel the like, fuck out of here. I feel like here. that should be illegal. I like, should I, be illegal. I guess I, maybe not. I guess obviously this isn't because we're talking about it, but my God, their dispensing fees are higher than most of those mom and pop, if you will, style pharmacies. I know people still like to use them because their hours are a lot more flexible, and I totally get that as a busy person. I understand. Like, I want to be able to go to my pharmacy as well at any given time of the day. If you go to a 24-hour place, then they actually have a pharmacy up 24 hours. So they have some benefits to it as opposed to, like, your the ones that are closed every night at 8 or whatever. But the dispensing fee is definitely higher. We know this. And you shouldn't be forcing people into places. What if this is not even c- close to commute for pe- some people? Yeah. Like, where would those people stand? Hey, I, if I'm Manulife, I get it. If I can go to one massive chain of pharmacies that has locations in most places and say, hey, listen. We're going to send all of our customers to you, but we need the deal of a lifetime on these prescriptions. I get it. I totally understand it, but that doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it it right for mm. us. And by the way, we have no say in how much our benefits plans cost us. For those of us who are fortunate enough to have them, those prices keep going up. The coverage is getting less and less. Now they want to tell you where you can and can't get your prescriptions filled. Doesn't seem right to me at all. I think it's outrageous, Kat. Okay, we are going to do one more thing here because we talked the other day about $10 a day childcare, and it's amazing to me that already it just got off the ground and we're already talking about how there's daycares that want to pull out mm-hmm. and we may have to scrap it in some cases because the daycares just aren't seeing the return on investment. And I thought, well, how is that possible? They just launched it. Surely they thought this through. Surely somebody worked out how many kids need a daycare spot how many we have, and roughly how much it costs for each kid to have that spot. Take away 10 bucks, that the rest is the government's responsibility. Surely they did the math. And then you read a story like this and makes it, it makes you realize, no, they probably didn't even look at the math. 
Yesterday, the health minister said the government is still working out how much dentists are going to be reimbursed as part of the new federal dental program. The government is accepting applications as part of a phased-in approach with more than 400,000 seniors over the age of 72 registered so far. Dentists, hygienists, and other dental care providers say they still don't have any details about how this program is going to work or how much the government is going to pay for services or how the providers can even sign up. (laughs) The program starts in May and the dentists still don't even know how much they're going to get paid. So they can't decide if they want to opt in and offer the free federal government coverage for those 72 plus or those who make less than a certain amount. They don't know. If a dentist's office right now charges your benefits, for example, or charges you, say, 100 bucks for a cleaning, you bet your ass the government's not going to pay full pop for these things. They'll probably just chisel the dentist down and say, we'll give you 40. Squeeze them in when you can. The dentists don't even know that information yet. They don't even know how to sign up to be part of this program uh, yet. Yeah, it's a, it's a clusterfuck. It starts, it's the 1st of February. This starts at the beginning yeah, of May, yeah. and nobody has any information on how this program that's going to cost billions even works. It's deja vu, Scott. It's deja vu. But why do we keep doing this? I don't know. $10 a day child care, already fucked up. Dental care, it's already fucked up. Now they want to move on to pharmacare. That's going to get totally fucked yeah. up. Crazy. All right, guys. Uh, Hey, thanks. I know it was a bit of a heavy topic, particularly when we talked about uh, kids and social media and the trans issues. Uh, I'll just echo what Danielle Smith said in her video. Let's stop making these things political. And it doesn't have to fall down your political ideology, how you feel about these issues. Mm-hmm. We can just think about the kids and think about what's as best for the kids. As human beings, just as human beings. As human beings, as parents, as caregivers, as community members, we can think about what's best for the kids. And I know the federal government doesn't like what they're doing in Alberta. You're going to hear a lot of bluster about it over the next couple of days. But if you take the politics out of it, and I wouldn't mind taking half the politicians out of it too. Same-sies. Let's just figure out what's best for the kids. Yeah. Have yourself a great day. We'll see you. Oh, guaranteed. Dave called me last night. Promised he will be here tomorrow. He promised? Promised. Remember that. Well, I said, oh, you're coming in, are you? And he's like, yeah, I'm there all the time. (laughs) I think he's made two Friday podcasts in three months. Lion son of a bitch. Okay, I'm glad to hear that he'll be on. It'll be a fun show, guys. (laughs) I hope you sold a good one. Hey, I saw that a new survey found 40% of people have ended a relationship over a poor financial decision. It's sad when the last words in a relationship are, you bought a mechanical bull? A horse in Ohio recently tested positive for methamphetamine, in case you're wondering how they make crazy glue. Well, this is going viral. A Pizza Hut in Canada put up a sign to notify customers that they were closing their dining room due to unforeseen circumstances, but they made a slight spelling error and said, due to unforeseen circumcision. I don't think that's what most people have in mind when they say, you want to go for a slice?